0: Hi, welcome to Agora Community Radio, the podcast for artists in the animation industry who want to listen and learn on the go. This episode is from our Q&A sessions, where David and Brent answer questions from the audience and also any questions from our social media followers. You can always head on over to our website, agora.community, to watch the full video, or if you just want to listen to what we think are the most interesting bits and pieces of these conversations, you can listen to the Agora Bytes clips on this channel. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode.
1: Hey, I'm um sorry for the framing today. I'm a little having one of these standing at the desk days, so I'll try to I'll try to hunch over. I'm sure my back will appreciate that by the end of the stream. Welcome to the stream. Uh, we have q and A, um, a, um, a Q&A stream tonight. Um, I threatened to not have one. But it turns out that that's what we're going to do, and we're going to kind of stick with a bit of an alternating schedule for a while. But with the longer term plan, we're going to try to fill up the the roster with um, a little less Q and A and a little bit more things that we, you know, we're dreaming up right now. We we had a stream last week. I don't know if anyone caught it, um, but it was um, it was a lot of fun. We did a, a kind of a demo of of uh, a game project that Agora Studio has been working on um, on the side, and it was uh, kind of fun because Andrew got to make fun of me and my terrible skills and good times so if you had if you don't uh, if you, you weren't there for that you should go back and uh, check that one out uh let me bring in hello petar were you there petar during that little uh, stream i can't remember if i saw you or not i feel like you were i'm gonna bring in david hello david hey brent hello <laughs> hi it's <laughs> almost evening. like you forgot i was here almost kind of
2: yeah well i don't know you were started and you even started to discuss with chat and all that so i was like Mm. all right i'm going to hang around (laughs) you know just in
1: case (laughs) just just in case he actually might just drag me in randomly
2: yeah it's all good i have plenty of other other shit to do so no you it's all good
1: you're just bored the only reason you show up here is because you got nothing else to do you know you know it don't even pretend that you don't have you know like (sighs) lots of spare time it's just silly yeah well no rest for the wicked i guess no. So uh,
2: that's a Q&A, right?
1: This, yeah, I think so. I think that's what we're <laughs> going to do. We're going to do okay. Q&A, um, although we don't have a gigantic backlog, so this might be the world's fastest, shortest Q&A uh, on the planet. We'll see how it goes.
2: I have a first question for you.
1: Oh, you do? Oh, man. You, you, yeah. you threatened to do this, but I, was, I thought you were kidding, I... but apparently you weren't kidding.
2: No, it, it was an okay. actual threat. Uh, wh- what did you start of, of, uh, of what you played last week?
1: Oh, the, the the game? Yeah. Um, well, I mean And ideally and I, it's not a
2: yes or no answer. It's more yeah, a no. this was cool. I'm not sure about yeah. this. That uh, you know.
1: I think the overall impression I had was there is an interesting mechanic there that has legs. Like it's it felt fresh. Like the uh and I was saying it during the stream, you know, it's hard to really feel it or understand it unless you're trying to do it. And this the this this idea of having The left stick and the left trigger and the right trigger and the right stick, those two things are kind of, they have to be used together in order to solve some of these puzzles. And it's not super, super easy, but it's also not super, super hard. So like it intrigues me. As to what could happen, you know, like, like some of those puzzles, you really had to be doing both of them at the same time, which I thought was really interesting, Um, as opposed to just sort of setting it up. And then, I mean, there was a game that I played um, not so long ago called Brothers. I don't know if anyone's ever played this game, but it is very, very cool, very interesting game. Um, and it's about these two brothers, they go on this quest together um, to save their father. It's an extremely touching um, game with a really nice narrative, beautiful graphics, it's worth playing. But a very novel thing was that you are controlling two characters at the same time, one per stick. And so what happens what they do with this towards the end, especially is like, will blow your mind and melt your heart. So it's definitely worth the play because they, they, it's, they, they get, it gets inside your head because it's like, it's developing these neural pathways that then they leverage later to kind of get a reaction out of you. And it's pretty, pretty intense. So I feel like there's, you're kind of dipping in similar cab sort of waters there by, by experimenting with something in a, in a similar way. Yeah. And the puzzles are going to be so interesting, you know, they could be.
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that that's the the, the best part of the, the, the game mechanic is when on one joystick you can control time, fast forward, mm. rewind. Yeah. And on the other, you're actually controlling space. Yeah. You kind of control space and time yeah. with both joysticks. And your yeah. brain has some time yeah. to readjust, but mm. when he nails it and you know exactly and you're able to do yeah. it, it's super satisfying. Exactly. I, I feel that right now we leverage this maybe half a percent of, of the time i agree the, the game yep and it's almost yeah. as we we have this really cool mechanic um and we are using it mainly to you know yeah. push this button to open this door and yeah exactly cross, exactly which is uh which we've seen
1: this before yeah so, yeah we'll see it all the time actually in so many games yes.
2: So I think that maybe as we uh, it evolves, we're going to find ways to better leverage this <clears throat> really cool yeah. mechanic that can be extremely satisfying, and that you know open a lot of possibilities uh, for the uh, entire game. So, so we'll see.
1: Yeah, I think that um, a, a, an area that most people have, um, I think, sort of like most of these productions that have puzzles built into the sort of the gameplay. Good puzzle designers do not grow on trees. Most of the production I've been on are always struggling to find really good puzzle designers uh, because it's not like there's a there's a thing about puzzles that like that is not really fully understood by most people. And I can't profess to understand it either. There's a science and an art to it. Basically, you're always looking for elegant puzzles and elegance to a puzzle means that it's sort of it's logical um it's sort of not immediately obvious right that's the trick you can't just then it's just it's lock and key it's like you press a button you open the door you go through it that's not much of a puzzle it, you need to layer the thing. So a good game will teach you a bunch of these ingredients. Uh, a, a classic example, of one of the best games out there, in my opinion, that was really successful. And it takes a kind of a different path. It's not the classic kind of puzzle design. It's a bit more, um, a little bit more um, abstract in many ways. I don't think, it, I don't know if they started out like this, but it's where, where it ended up. Um, it's uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild. You have a bunch of these abilities yeah. and in some of those abilities are unlocked earlier in the game. So you don't have all of them right away. Um, but those abilities are then now needed to solve puzzles in these shrines. And what became interesting to even the developers were people were playing the game and finding other ways to solve the puzzles because the actual abilities were kind of physics based. And like mm. they were, they were just figuring out other cool art alternate solutions. And the designers were like, very interesting and (laughs) it's most people call this emergent gameplay because it's like you're giving the player a rule set and a bunch of like tools and then you're like there you go there's an obstacle Mm -hmm. figure it out and we know a couple paths to get there but we're not denying that there might be a bunch of others so please do uh, have fun and like we'll be watching and and, and seeing learning from the players because you know players when you know you have enough that that many people that that are that are bright and are good at puzzles they're going to come up with some pretty creative solutions and that feel that feels good to the player because the player mm-hmm. isn't just sort of oh i figured out the the solution it's like i am a pioneer i'm a <laughs> genius i figured <laughs> it out and i bet you no one else figured it out the same way and that feels like next level and those endorphins yeah. that like are released when you kind of feel like that in a game or exactly what designers are trying to gun for because that, yeah. that is definitely the recipe for people playing the game a lot
2: and unfortunately this is also where a lot the, of game you're just the breaking the game and
0: oh yeah that too
2: yeah actually on the other side of the wall and then you can yeah <laughs> i yes, see one of the uh uh how do we call it fast walkthrough uh video they, basically oh, yeah. those that yeah. they try to do the game the fastest they can and they're Someone that did the uh, uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, um, and I don't know, it was you know, this It's a game of obviously many, many hours of gameplay, but I think that he there was a yeah, speedrun exactly, but it was speedrun like in 20 minutes, he basically found every loophole where you can jump behind the the. behind the wall so you skip like six cinematics and you get right to the end you're basically breaking the entire game but you find a way to get to the finish to the uh from beginning to 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 end in a crazy uh short amount of time oh yeah it's like they just Um, shatter
1: all the expectations the designers had the designers
2: and i mean design you know level designer just crying because they're like (laughs) all all their the artwork is just
1: oh yeah just like the, literally kiss it all goodbye truth. was all worth nothing. I'm going to play a video that I know that you've seen and that it's literally cracks me up literally every single time. And this is 100% what it's like to be a game developer or spend so much time and energy on something that guaranteed people will just find a way of breaking or not understanding. Um, it's sort of like a master class in UX user experience yep. in one yep. very simple video. You you know, the one I'm going to play and it's so dope. Let's just play it. Bring it. It's so good it's just too good i just can't not share right now it's so good here we go so if you've seen this one i apologize in advance but it is just too good to not share right now
3: this is a square can you guess which spot that goes the in? square that's right it goes in the square hole yes okay so it's the, how about the, this rectangle? the developer on the left and also the, the tester square. on the right there too yeah up next We've got this thin rectangle. The thin rectangle. Can you guess where that goes? The thin rectangle. That's right. It goes in the square <laughs> hole. <laughs> and up next,
1: this just a gets a better. The hmm. cylinder.
3: The circle. I think that goes in the circle. The square hole. <laughs> now we've also got this semicircle the semicircle right look here. Look Do you see a slot that would fit the semicircle? The semicircle. The sem. The semicircle. That's right. It's the square <laughs> hole. <laughs>
1: It's okay. like her will to live up is next, just, like, literally leaking triangle. out of her body right now.
3: We know what hole well, that goes in, right? Triangle. That's right. The square <laughs> hole. <laughs> and up, up next, ah, this is so we nice. have the
1: arch. The arch. The arch. And you
3: guessed it. The arch. It goes in the square <laughs> hole.
1: <laughs> oh, man. It's just too good. It's just too uh, good.
2: Yep. I love it. That's... So it's pretty impressive when you know dev team like Zelda can figure out ways that you can still be creative with the rules and still solve those puzzles yeah. in a way that was not intended, but it, it, yeah. it, it still feels fun <laughs> and rewarding, and doesn't yep. feel just like a cheat.
1: Yep. Exactly. Like it's, that's the thing. I think you nailed it. it. It's like, if you find your own way around, it shouldn't feel like you just cheated the game or you glitched it, or there was a brokenness about it. It's just like, no, you plotted your own way through it and you feel good about it. You feel like, ah, man, like I totally brought out all the guns today and solved this in a, in a unique way. And that's, it's always the best, but it doesn't, oh, it doesn't have to be that. It also can just be like classic game design that's tricky that has one singular solution. That's just layered. Um, yeah, but um, not an easy thing to do because not everyone's equipped to make des- the-, the puzzles like this. It's not an easy thing and it can't be rushed. This kind of stuff takes time. And it's also what I find happens is you bring in a puzzle designer and they come in midway through the production because the production's on fire and they need more puzzles for their levels. And then of course, they're told to use these ingredients. And it's like, um, uh, like the <laughs> um, the ingredients don't really contribute towards like good combinatorial that's the thing about the the uh, the 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 zelda one is that they just work they complement one another they're like it's like different chemicals in a chemistry set it's like a kid is playing with these sort of different you know solutions and these different compounds to create new things and um if the if those 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 elements are not interesting and they don't react in interesting ways then it's like mm. what's the point so yep. Anyways, I, I think that's the key. And this is, what, this is what Andrew's hungry for. He's like, you know, let's get somebody um, on stream to, to, to do a play test as well. And maybe hopefully they have some puzzle experience. And then I have some insights that, uh, that the team can leverage and sort of bring into the, um, into the yeah. fold. They might go right away like, uh, you guys are sitting on a gold mine. There's like, why aren't you doing this, this, and this? And everyone's going to go, I don't know. Where were you like literally two <laughs> years ago? <laughs> that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. Um, I have some questions in the backlog that we can kind of dig into, um, unless anybody in chat has something that they want to throw our way. Let's see. I'll just start. And then if anyone says anything, I can bring it up too. Um, Oh, that's a good one. Let me bring this one up. the question is: Hi, can you share some tips on how to get rid of the pose-to-pose feeling in the character?
2: <laughs> we, we need to bring back this this question once when, when we have either either Jacob or mm. one of our other animator to, uh, <clears throat> to to come to, to the stream. Uh, mm. Can you share some tips on how to get rid of the pose-to-pose feeling in the character? Uh, yeah. yeah, I can start. Sure. Uh, it, it depends on the the style of animation that you're going for, right? If you're going super stylized, you know, or either <clears throat> many feature that Sony are, are working on, for for instance, th- th- there is definitely some style that you will want to keep this post to post feeling. Uh, but if you're going for a more s- stylized realism, that I would call more, you know, DreamWorks, Pixar, Disney uh, kind of style, mm-hmm. definitely re- relying on uh reference is going right there your you know your acting choice yeah. will become obvious once you shoot many ref and, and you follow them and then your you will isolate those key poses that you were used for your blocking but at the same time once you start to refine and you put your breakdown and your planning and uh, and all that uh, you will see the body mechanic in your reference that you still you have to exaggerate in your animation. But you're not just going to go from pose to pose. You're going to see all the, the weight shift and the drag and the fall through and all that. And all of those things that, yeah, somehow you hit those poses. But there are so many secondary motion that is going on that as you progress, those will just disappear
1: by themselves. Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny because I often talk about the, um, you know, the difference between television production and, and feature production. I, when I animate, I tend to bre- break it into three different phases. I tend to block it, which is all about composition and timing and staging. It's trying to understand the mechanics of the shot, the basically just sort of pouring those foundational walls so that we under- I understand more or less what the staging direction is and and can I fit it all in? You know, can I get all my ideas in with the sort of the time I have on a shot? And then once I have something that works and hopefully I sold that up, the, up the chain of command and, you know, I'm getting the whole, yes, that's great. Um, keep going. Then I will then layer in the, I'll do some splining and I I'm starting to manage the actual the interpolation between The key poses, by the way, my block is often in stepped. Um, I know that uh, you're not a gigantic fan of stepped, but for me, it just, just the way I learn. because like I told you before, it's like 2d animation. That's how we learn. So my brain is just sort of hardwired to think like that. So it helps, Um, but it doesn't need to be. And then I, you know, I keep, I, I, I'm sort of splining it. I'm trying to work on making sure that the, you know, my, I'm managing my, my slow in and slow outs and I'm trying to get hang time and I'm getting sharp collisions with the ground. I'm doing all the stuff you're supposed to be doing and I start adding some breakdowns to get some arcs and some some drag and some favors wherever I need to. Basically, I'm I'm, I'm worried about motion at that point. And then I go into the polish. And the polish is the, is the most important phase in my mind to really start breaking up that sort of pose to pose feeling because at that point I'm adding the overlapping action. I'm adding a lot of secondary um i like to add a lot of texture to a shot some people call it slop um slop being I think uh, the last person I heard used the term slop was David Gibson but basically it is a layer that I put on top of things that actually has just ambient sort of like imperfections and when you layer it like this what happens is it starts to literally just break apart every all the what used to be rigid clear movements from pose to pose because this extra layer motion sort of disguises that in a weird way it's like a smoke screen um, that really works really well I do this I do something similar for for cycles and games I'll actually author a really good cycle. That's clean, super symmetrical, very, very repetitive. You want that because it will, it'll look like a limp otherwise. And then what I do is I then replicate that like, let's say five, six times. And it's just the same cycle, same loop like that many times. But then on a layer, I'll go and put a bunch of that same kind of slop in there. I'll have the feet strike in slightly different locations, a little bit of meandering to my line. So it's not a perfectly straight line. There's a bit of horizontal drift and all these things layered up make it so that it no longer looks like the same 24 frames that are playing over and over again it'll completely disguise it and it just no so it's all about how you cleverly layer things on top to try to to sort of soften the effect that it's very rigid and very planned basically in my mind and the more time you spend yeah. in that sort of phase of thinking the the the, the quicker it's going to just dissolve into no longer being recognis- recognizable as those those original poses
2: yeah you mentioned ambient motion <clears throat> i remember when one thing I was struggling when I was doing ambient motion, you know, ambient motion is super subtle. And, you know, if you just, if you don't spend uh, uh, enough time doing it, it just seems that your character is yeah. kind of drifting a little bit, like yeah. it's in water. But it's mm-hmm. literally like, like you're trying to craft those micro, micro movements. Yep. And it's one of the animator at DreamWorks, David Kushayala, said, no, no, d- just do something super broad. It's like, like, have your character dance and with, you know, snappy and rhythm and all that. And then once you're, you know, don't have to go crazy with polish, but when you have something that kind mm. of work, take all the curve and and mm. you, and you scale them to almost nothing. That's funny. So, we, yeah, yeah. so this motion becomes it's interesting. super subtle, but it's yeah. not going to be floating. Yeah. they will have all those yeah. little rhythmic in there's, it. That much there's, more, there's
1: overlap in there, even though it's hard to detect and it's not just moving at the same time and it's yeah. not linear. There's twist and there's also translates. So as it much as it's
2: a bit overkill and takes more time, At the end of the day, you have something that is not floaty at all. And that's way more like a real ambient motion, which is basically all the muscles of your body that are, you know, having the micro spasm Mm -hmm. at all time to make sure Mm -hmm. that you fight gravity and you keep Mm -hmm. your sense of uh, of balance.
1: Yeah, that's, that's cool. I never thought of doing that. Just going way over the top and just doing something big. And then with the, with the full intention that you're going to, scale the crap out of it to the point that it's irrecogni- in, in irrecognizable unrecognizable mm-hmm. and and it's mm-hmm. it's just all it is it's just you're moving pixels at that point yeah. um but at least they you're moving pixels in a way that looks a bit more believable That's and it funny.
2: was literally a layer that we would apply you know especially yeah. for background character that are not doing much or just there and you're like I, yeah I, I don't have time to, to a- animate like eight and yeah. just paste the layer on, yeah. on all of those on different poses mm-hmm. that that works
1: Oh, nice, nice one. It's good. Um, let's see what else I got. Um, well, I got a question. I think it showed up here. Oh, look at that, Scott to the rescue! What's up, Scott? We've spoken about studios blacklisting artists. Do you have any stories about artists blacklisting studios? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh man, um, I'm not going to name so, any studios tonight in fear of oh, retribution. So, rent, course, but...
2: why why would people blacklist some studios? What, well, what could I be mean, the reasons
1: there's so many reasons it's just like how can i even start usually usually it has to do with toxic management and bad culture mm. is usually what it comes down to um and that could be takes that take, takes many forms it could be um you know, blatant chauvinism or bigotry or like something completely intolerable especially this in this day and age it could be that mm. it could be um it could be just uh, abuse of the employees, like overtime all the time without any compensation at all. Uh, it's like you know, it could just be um, bad scope to the projects. People, it might maybe that the, maybe the company is full of really great people amazing people. Management's amazing too. The problem is, is that they don't know how to manage the project. And so it, it's like, it's, it's almost painful to, to, to be working there because you know that it's not going to be managed well. It's not going to, it's going to be underbidded and it's going to be a a chore to get done. And it's going to probably, you know, steal from you years of your life that you're not going to get back and so you might do it for one but then after that and then it starts to become a trend and then next you know everyone's talking about it nobody wants to work there and it it, will destroy the studio because it'll get to the point where the only people they can get now are a bunch of juniors who don't know any better um or a bunch of people that are maybe i don't know paid to stay i don't know but it it doesn't end well for the studio usually
2: yeah, I would say overtime, and especially if it's unpaid overtime, uh, that that's definitely something that's going to create a bad uh, reputation for 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 a studio. That that's for sure. And sometimes it can be subtle, but you know, even if it's not mandatory, uh, it, it, there's some studios have a, you know or something actually it's not really the studio it's some um, some team because in some studio you have the, the different project but some team have a are very good at being slightly passive aggressive towards overtime to you know make it kind of obvious that you know you don't have to but the rest of the team is kind of doing it so yeah you know, you know that would be great if you could be part of the team and do your own and that can happen at time, but when it's you know just constant, and you realize that okay, and we're always changing direction, and at some point it, it just become becomes an habit, and people do overtime for the sake of overtime without asking, without taking a step back of wait, why are we still doing overtime? We've been doing overtime for for years now. Why is it always a a, a thing? Um, So, yeah, I I agree. It's uh, it's way more difficult to properly bid and manage and uh, to properly manage a production that will end up not requiring overtime than just, you know, go with the flow. And well, you know, if they have to do more than 40 hours, they're already, they should already be grateful of having a job anyway. This kind of attitude is uh, definitely.
1: Yeah. I, I, I have a, there's a, there's an anecdote here that I have about a a, a famous producer from back in my day who was um, caught um, by somebody saying this very famous phrase when, when talking about the topic uh, at a management meeting about um, about exactly this, this sort of like people were unhappy, and it was like people were, were 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 not not didn't really enjoy some of the you know some of the policies and some of the amount of work that was being asked of them. And the response by this un, this producer who remain unnamed um, was, "Well, you know, you know, artists and animators they're kind of like light bulbs. You know, they're meant to be burnt out and replaced." That mm-hmm. was literally what was said. And so, unfortunately, what happens is that that started. That starts to catch on and then that starts to hit the sort of the 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 sort of the grapevine and then people start listening they, they, they who who'd want to work there after hearing that you know what I mean like it's like well, no that's just a huge red flag that one of the sort of the and this was not just like just some producer it was kind of like the executive producer of the studio. so it um it was um, that's the kind of stuff that like if you end up having, that big of a mouth and that wrong of an attitude, it will absolutely bite you in the ass. And And that studio went from being really big at one point to really becoming quite small. And, um, and uh, I think a lot of it had to do with that kind of, that kind of unfortunate culture that was there. The sad, the yeah. sad part is the actual, the, the person who ran the studio, like the owner of the studio was like one of the nicest people I know. And um, he just kind of got, went into business with somebody who, in my opinion um might not have been the greatest choice for a variety Mm -hmm. of reasons and you know it's just that you know the consequences they will follow i would
2: say in in general as well a a studio that will favor mainly productivity and efficiency compared to build a good culture with their uh artist is definitely going to suffer from it and have an example of many uh studio actually uh, especially in in VFX that many stories of you know shots are passed from one animator to the other one animator oh you're available you're going to start six shot okay we're going to take your two blocking we're going to send it to this other animator because now and and basically maybe for production it kind of makes sense but in terms of you know artist happiness of owning their work and being fulfilled mm-hmm. and satisfied uh, that's just terrible so yeah. sometimes it is just how you know what what do you value do you, are you trying to maximize as uh, everyone's time um are you trying to just you know yeah M- manage a production in a way that doesn't really think about uh, we want to make sure that those artists that we have now are still going to be here in a couple of years so yes we need to deliver but at the same time we need to create an, a culture and environment that they will feel uh, fulfilled so when that doesn't happen sometimes it can create a bad reputation as well
1: oh yeah it can happen pretty quickly too and it um you know it, in some some studios they can compensate for some of this by like having really good uh, bonus programs and they have other ways of sort of distracting you from some of the sort of in my opinion more important sort of values of a company but I mean, mm-hmm. everyone's different, right? Some people are you know, willing to cast a blind eye. Some of these big studios have so many projects going on at the same time as well that it's like their one ex- experience of, of one person is so different than the other person just because it's like they might as well be different companies. Um, I know Ubisoft is like this very, very different cultures on the different teams. And so I know people that are super unhappy with, with the place and other people that are just like, what are you talking about? This place is amazing. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it couldn't be more. The disparity is so big on opinion and it just, cause it comes down to just how isolated and siloed these different teams are and, and being able to, so which is a good thing and probably a bad thing at the same time, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it, it's, and sometimes it's just one individual that is creating a sometimes. bad mode for an entire team. And, <clears throat> you know, at times they, they can be super uh, political, which means that they're going to say, and this is something we discussed in, in one of our the, the latest discussion with, I don't remember if it was Pierre Olivier. Um, but, you know, there's some people that are really good at the politics, which means that To everyone above them, they're going to say the right thing to the right people and to their producer and all that, it's going to seem like they're doing a a, a good job. But actually, you speak Mm. to everyone below them in their team Mm. or their other team, and it's a totally different story. So sometimes, unfortunately, just one person can create a bad uh, reputation for an entire team.
1: Yep. It's funny. I was just reading back on the comments and it looked like we had some some person dropping in here randomly <laughs> laughing that it looked like it was two people having this big conversation with like only for, for an audience of one or two. But I think what they didn't understand, if you're still in there, go crazy, go stupid. But um, th- we're multiple casting to lots of different places. And most of our mm-hmm. most of our viewership is in Twitch. Just FYI, we're not we're not crazy. We're not just sitting here talking yeah. to one or two people, although that would be pretty funny. I would still do it. You're good enough company, oh, I w- David. I
2: would still do it because mm. uh, we are recording those and yeah, for me, the too. value is to store them on the library and they're going to yep. be, uh, you know, searchable uh, afterwards. So that's the, that, that's the, the value we get from those as well.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Petar, you're up to bat, my friend. What are your thoughts um, on phrases such as work family, quote unquote, basically anything that blurs the lines between work and personal life? Can work really be family when they can just fire you the next day? I guess a family can't fire you. How does an, inspire, an aspiring artist that strives for a sense of, hold on a second, a sense of belonging, look out for themselves? Hmm. You always have these cerebral questions, Petar. Do you have like these visions in your sleep that, that you come up with these, these questions? <laughs> <laughs> it's like you dream up these really like very complex scenarios and then you're like, you bring them to David and I, you know, like it's like a confessional.
2: Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree a little bit that uh, on the workplace to say like we are family, it's a little bit pushed. It's a little mm. bit uh, not really. I mean, for, for me, family is, you know, you're kind of, you're stuck with them. Whatever happens, you're still going to love them no matter what. And, and you're there, they're, they're there. For me, work is more like a sports team. Uh, it means that in the moment, you need to have a good chemistry. You need to know each, leverage each one, uh, um, you know, strength and, and weaknesses. You're there for each other. But you also do realize that this is our team this year. Next year, the team will be slightly different. And five years from now, it mm-hmm. might be completely different. And 15 years from now, no one here is still going to, to be there. Yeah, And yeah. some of us might still be friends, but it's not like a family that, you know, you didn't see your sister or brother for a couple of years. And, you know, no matter what happens, you're, you're you're there for, for them. So yeah. I think there, there can definitely be a sense of camaraderie. Uh, and... For me, this is why a, a, a sports team that you are fully invested in the success of uh, uh, of the team uh, as a whole um, is a better analogy for me than a, a family.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got mixed feelings. I think um, it's funny, I just saw what Sergei wrote. He wrote, once we don't sit together, well, that's it. Who was that guy? <laughs> um, I think I think he's suggesting that like when people are no longer sitting ne- ne- to next uh, to each other or next to each other, it's sort of like a divorce <laughs> as far as like yeah. work family is concerned. I I, um, I don't know. Like I think first of all, smaller smaller companies um, really do a better job of emulating this in a real way. I find, um, that's assuming that the company's got good culture and good chemistry and that the team really just gels. I've been in studios like this where it feels like people are kind of a little bit like family and in a in the, in the sense that you respect them a little bit more than like the sort of the casual acquaintance at work that you work with and you're professional with. It goes a little bit beyond that because you've worked with them for, you know, for a number of years, uh, you become friends with them. um, and um, it's uh, it, it it goes a little further than just a, just a regular kind of job relationship but it really completely depends on the studio and the bigger studios tend to not be quite as much. Cause like David was sort of mentioning, there's a lot more moving around. So it's like, it's not quite, and it's like a bigger studio with more projects. So the chances of you continue to work together, like inevitably, um, through propertuity, is, is probably less likely. So maybe that doesn't quite have that, that sort of phenomena doesn't happen as much, but I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I'm not going to fight it, but I would, but it would make me maybe erg me a little bit if a studio was trying to push the messaging a bit too much, like that was what they were aiming for, you know?
2: Yeah, the the way that Pilar f- phrased it, this is why I understood it. It's mainly, you know, it's rare that your peers, your team is going to say, "Oh, I really feel like we're a family." It's going to usually come more from a speech from the upper management Yeah. that's yeah. going to try to boost morale and remind that mm. you know we're all a big family and right uh, and all that. So. So I understand that, you know, it has its moment, especially when it's it's tough in the production and if it boosts morale, if it can bring people together, fine. Um, but Petal, you mentioned, can work really be family when they can fire you the next day? Uh, I, I, a studio cannot say we're like family, but if... If you fail, uh, we're going to fire. You. No, if we're a family, it means that if you're not able to do your work properly, they're going to try to find out why and yeah. find a solution Help you, yeah. to to you know make you succeed within this little yeah. family. So I would totally agree that if on one side they say, "Hey, remember, guys, we're family and and you know we're there for each other," and but by the way, Joe, Cindy, and Julie, you're all fired because you didn't met your your quota. That that bullshit is going to be very apparent, very yeah, rapidly. Yeah. So, okay, totally. you can push and go on the side of saying that we're family, but, you know, now you have a yeah. moral commitment. That exactly.
1: Totally it. agree. Yeah you got to, like, it's got it like, like, like a real family, like as David was indicating, it's like, you're kind of stuck with them, which is, you know, kind of a good thing and a bad thing. It's like, you're, you're, you're bound by blood. And I think that's kind of important. Some people take that more seriously than others, but basically Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, there's like there, you, you can't just use the concept of family to sell a positive thing, but then not be there on the rainy days. And, you know, like to, to be there to help people through the slumps, because that's real family family are there no matter what, you know, when, when, when they're not just sort of fair weather friends there or, or, or business relationships, they are going to, they're going to stick with you. They're not going to just sort of, you know, take the easy out. And then just because you don't make a quota, like David said, you're out. That would be a very, very big hypocritical sort of way to, 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 to react to a problem like that. And uh, yeah, then that would, that would really quickly, um, sort of, uh, you know. Shine a very, very negative light, I think, on the, the the culture of the way that the management is trying to sell the studio, and that that kind yeah. of news would travel pretty quickly, I think.
2: Yeah, you want to play the family card? You got to stick yeah. with your employees when things don't don't go don't go well. Otherwise, just don't. Yeah.
1: Totally. There's a really sweet question that rolled in here. I'm going to pull it up. Um, it's uh, it's <laughs> now we're not going to be able to give you any legal advice here for sure, but I mean, <laughs> but it this is, is where we
2: should have a little disclaimer yeah, that there's <laughs> probably... right.
1: Probably a good idea. We need that disclaimer button. So basically the question here is what options do I have besides getting a lawyer? Do I have when I, when a studio owes me money as a contractor? Well, I, the first question I would have, I don't know if you're still here, Jose, but, um, are like, how long have they owed you money? Cause typically just FYI, maybe you're new to this, maybe you're not, I don't know. I'm not gonna make any assumptions. Um, but usually, like a, a, whenever you're in a contractual agreement, sort of sort of relationship, it's usually the general rule is 30 days after invoicing. So, I mean, if it hasn't even been 30 days yet, then you probably just need to <laughs> just wait a little bit. Um, if it has been way longer than that, then I apologize in advance. That does suck. Um, and I don't know. It's a really it's a really good question. I guess it depends. Like, are they going bankrupt right now? Are they just not returning your phone calls? Um, yeah. Where do you live? Like, I would have a lot of questions because that obviously is kind of not cool.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm assuming 90 days. No, Sergey, 90 days is not. Is not a thing. No, no. It, <laughs> never I told you I, that. I is... confirm. I confirm that it's usually 30 days. I've seen up to 45 and even 60 mm. days. Yeah, uh, but 60 days was like a one, and we we're like, what? No, <laughs> that's way way too long yeah um totally um especially on individuals like big co- corporation <clears throat> within them maybe 90 days is oh yeah thing, for, for sure but for a contractor more than 30 yeah. days is, is really is. Uh, unlikely um i'm assuming that we're talking about legal uh actions here that can be t- taken because you know showing up with a baseball bat is obviously a terrible terrible idea um Yeah, uh, I would. What are the options? Unfortunately, you don't have many options because, again, what is the reason? Did they they go in bankruptcy? If it's the case, they probably have the way it goes when there's a bankruptcy is that, you know, they're going to say, okay, well, there's this amount of money that can be redistributed to yeah. all of those different. And they're going to start with, mm-hmm. okay, well, we're going to start by your, uh, uh, the owner of the building. You're going to pay the rent. Before that, maybe you're going to pay the bank. And before that, yeah. you're going to pay any money that you owe the government. And by the time mm-hmm. they get to the contractor, there's no more money. So yeah. if the, the studio just declare <clears> bankruptcy, m- unfortunately, it sucks, but move on. Yep. It, it, it's it, it's happened.
1: It does yeah. happen. And this doesn't, it, it's not even contractual. It could be the people that like, there's been stories of studios, and this happens, unfortunately, more than i like to admit, yep. um, where, where it's that you have a salary job. And the studio ended up in some hardships. And there was like a lot of, hey, we can't pay you, but we have intentions of paying you. So we would really appreciate it if you can to continue working, because otherwise, if everyone just stops working, then we're going to have a hard time paying everybody. So, um, and unfortunately, sometimes this doesn't go well, and people end up working for months sometimes without pay, and then it, then they go bankrupt, and then they're out of all that money. Because when, a, when I don't know if you understand how, how bankruptcy works, but David pretty much described it perfectly, but it's called a receivership. And there's a whole mechanism that sort of gets enabled. And um, it's not, in my opinion, very fair. I think that it should be completely the opposite of the way it gets dealt with. I think the people that are like literally looking for food on the table, like they're, they're contractors, that. Money Money is meant to pay their bills and their mortgages um, and so why I don't understand why they're not the first ones getting taken care of instead I mm-hmm. find often it's like co- corporations that get taken care of first and it's like why I mean I, yeah. I, no one can really I'd love to know why I'm sure there's an economist who can probably try to tell me why but to me it yeah. doesn't seem very fair
2: there's other scenario that some people and even corporations get their, themselves in bad contracts like uh, payment on approval and there's no clear guideline of approval what we do as animators is subjective so a studio could decide that well we never officially approved your work so we don't have legal obligation of uh pay paying you uh, th- this is definitely misleading uh mm. but you know if if it would be this situation well now you've learned to not yeah. get into yeah. those kind of contract anymore yeah um so, uh, Spot it seems so, okay, so it seems, Jose, that you say that they are past their uh, payment time and they're still in business. Well, then my first question would be, why? Just mm. you know, I, I would assume that you already contacted them by email and then by phone and all that, and they're basically to a point that they're not answering your call anymore. <laughs> they're still in business, but they just decided for whatever reason, maybe they run out of money th- themselves. That they are not going to pay the uh, contractors. Worst comes to worst, there is no other solution than, uh, as you said, yeah, trying to get a lawyer. But really, ask yourself the question: Do you want to invest time and money in, yeah. into it? It's uh, a very good what question. What is the amount? You know, I, I'm going to put extreme, but do they own, own you a hundred thousand dollar, or do they own you five thousand? Yeah. Because if it's five thousand, and you're like, well, okay, you can. How much energy are you going to <laughs> put in it to go get this 5000 uh, yep. compared to learn from it? Maybe it was a bad mm-hmm. contract. Maybe you went to it too rapidly. Maybe there was some smoke and you kind of had this this feeling that, that um, it would be a bad gig, but you took it uh, uh, anyway. Um, just before you go with the lawyer route and all that, which, mm-hmm. by the way, is going to be expensive and probably won't bring uh, the the result that you are uh, hoping, because at some point I mean the lawyer is going to charge you per per hour, let's say it's two hundred dollars per hour and is going to do the first pass, okay, ten hours, two thousand it didn't work. do we continue okay, another ten hours, two more thousand it didn't work. do we continue at some point it's it's money that you're going to put in it and, and all that, so I think that unfortunately, if it's past the 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 time uh, they're still in business. They're not answering your, your call a, anymore. Um, just ask yourself, you know, should you put <clears> energy <throat> into this route or just move on and learn from that yeah. experience and, and know better the, the next time.
1: Yeah. There are a couple other quick little things that I could suggest. Again, this is not legal advice, but basically um, depending on where you live, uh, I know the United States and Canada, I don't know what it's called in Canada, but I think in the United States it's called the Better Bu- Business Bureau Sometimes lobbying groups like this, like, like sort of essentially, um, Um, advocacy groups can sometimes create enough pressure because they have a big enough voice that they will draw a lot of negative attention towards the studio if they don't comply and do the honest thing and properly pay you. Sometimes these people can be effective. I've seen it effective in the past. Sometimes there's even news channels. Your local news channels can be something that you can actually contact and tell them the story. Sometimes they have like a a, a person who does stories specifically like this. Um, They're sort of like social justice warrior reporters. They kind of go out and like make companies accountable for this kind of garbage. Um, another option could be theoretically, um, maybe avoiding the lawyer, because I think if it is a, no, a lower number, like $5,000, it's small claims court, where you could just represent yourself. Um, and um, it, But it will require time, you'd have to make appearances in court. And you, you have to, like David said, how much is your time worth? it sucks to even sort of have to do that math and it's completely unfair, but there are bad actors out there that um, they're going to take advantage. And it sounds yeah. like you might've, unfortunately might've run into one of them possibly.
2: Yeah. And there's also firms that are specialized into getting, I don't remember. Yeah. There's a term, I don't remember how, how Pro bono. and then, yeah, usually they they will charge a percentage. So whatever yeah. money they're able to go get, they're going to take like 10, 15, 20% yeah. of this amount, yeah. which uh, might be another option. Uh, Depends now, on how not affects ex- you. Yeah, don't expect if they owe you again a small number like 5,000, don't expect that this firm is going to work no. for a, even a day <laughs> just yeah. to go get that money. Yeah, they, they might spend an hour and a half and yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, just have the legal term and send the email and what yeah. who's the head of whatever on LinkedIn yeah. and do. The normal procedure that's going to take them one hour just to scare maybe a little bit the, 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 the studio and, and motivate them to, to 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 repay
1: i didn't realize um, sergey was such a professional troll he's then suggesting to pay it forward and then not pay the lawyer so it's not it's not about like, <laughs> all right all right lawyer guy you didn't make you didn't get my money back all right well then you don't get paid how's that everyone's gonna lose <laughs> everyone loses today i like it i like it i like the other <laughs> Um, Iona had a question here. It's very long, so I'm not going to post it because it'll be impossible to read. Um, so let me just read it off here. It's a good one. I like this one a lot. Question. I have a big desire to make a fancy short action animation. I'm feeling very enthusiastic about it. Um, but when I think why I'm doing it, my enthusiasm starts to fade away because when I create something, I'm ready for the critiques and I share the work. I'm so excited. And I put it on social media and it's barely noticed by anybody. Um, this is me trying to... I'm channeling you right now, I Hopefully you don't <laughs> mind my my... <laughs> my, 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 uh, you know, my portrayal. Um, do you have any advice about how to get out of this cycle of b- the black hole cycle? Um, how do I have any idea where I can present our the, the work to people that are actually interested in seeing this kind of stuff? It's a good question. Mm. Um, let me, let me take a crack at this one first. So I, one of the things I I think you need to go back and watch a stream that David and I had, there's a bunch Brent, of them.
2: Yeah. Right. You can ID other question. Oh yeah. It's well. a good idea
1: yeah, otherwise people would be like, What the hell? He's asking? So, um, uh, there was a stream. Who, who was it? Manny, I think Manny's a really good sort of uh, stream to take a look at because he addresses this a little bit, this this basic idea of building a brand because I think that's what you need to do. Um and br- building a brand' not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be like, oh, I have this really cool idea for an animation, and then I'm going to put it out there, and then another four months go by, and I'm like, I'm going to do another animation. To build a brand, you're going to have to make like a committed effort to probably trying to have a bit more of, you'll know, have to be a bit more prolific, probably. Um, it doesn't ne- necessarily mean you need to always be posting new animations, but I think the idea of updating and having something to say or just, just contributing to the feed to sort of build a brand. And you'd have to start, you have to take a step back and ask yourself what that brand brand is first of all what is it that you want what how do you want to portray yourself i would really go to i would seriously go check that video and i think it might be very inspiring for you um because um you know i think it's going to give you a lot of good tips i think another who's the one that what what stream did we talk a lot about linkedin and how we really underutilize it i feel like who was that
2: uh i think it was with uh um i think
1: you're right i think it was Ilse. Yeah, 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 that would be another one to go take a look. Um, um, please type the name of what? Oh, of the, of the, the stream? Please type the, the name of what? I don't, I'm trying to figure out what you're trying to say, Sergey.
2: You, you, you got derailed.
1: <laughs> Did I? Oh. I got derailed by what?
2: Uh, by by Sergey. I don't know. You oh, were yeah, explaining I know. something and then you got derailed by, by his question.
1: Oh yeah. Well, no, I, Oh, I, I, I was, I, I don't remember what I was saying, but anyways, um, so <laughs> exactly. you want to, you want to go, you're right. I totally get it. get, it, get, it, get it I, I, um, I think that those two, those two streams and they're available in our library. You can go take a look at them. Look for the Ilse one, uh, the Ilse Zemaripa and, um, Manny, uh, Fragilis. He is, is, those two are quite on point with regards to building kind of a brand and leveraging these two. I would, I think that, Personally, LinkedIn is a really good place. It's a it's a lot better than Facebook and other places that you could go um, because it's like it's a bit more tailored to what you're trying to do, build a brand on a professional level. So yeah. those are my yeah. tips.
2: Yeah, I would say building a brand definitely t- t- takes time and resilience. Um, the first thing I have in mind when I read this question is to take a step back and why are you emotionally affected if no one gives shit about your animation. Uh, There was a time that Brent and I remember that social media or how we called it, Internet 2.0 was not such a thing. So we would actually be motivated and inspired to work on stuff that we would show our friends on the screen of our computer, maybe our parents. Hold on a second. I'll be right back. (laughs) So, all right. He's going to go get the whatever machine he was using to, to, show, to, to show his work. Um, but the motivation was to create something, to to add a piece on our showreel. Um, what is it?
1: Uh-oh. So before it's the internet. Oh, it is. <laughs> This, my friends, is how David and I would have to shop around our stuff back in the day. This was before DVDs even were a thing. Or before CDs. We would have to literally put this in an archaic machine called a VHS... And we would have to record somehow onto this, this, like you, we, we, had to like, literally like, how do you even carry more than one of these on a backpack? There it is, my name and phone number. And there would have been like this, I mean, don't try that number. Obviously it's, it's not going to be me anymore. Although if it is, that'd be very impressive because it means you've found some sort of wormhole back to, to, to the, the before times. Tell, tell the, 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 young version of me to, um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> be smarter and wiser. so,
2: so- Iona, maybe just question, what, what are your real motivations? Uh, do, do you want, uh, are you, you know, taking energy out of the praise of social media? Or you actually want to create a good piece for your your showreel? If you want to create a good piece for your showreel, <clears throat> yes, feedback are great. If you don't have yeah. those feedback, you can pri- find private mentorship. You can purchase mm. a... a uh, super affordable review on the Agora community, there's ways to get those feedback if they don't come naturally. But to the point of losing the motivation to do it in the first place, because you feel that, oh, why do I even do it if no one cares? um maybe it's a reframing of your motivation of why you're doing that in, in, in yeah. the first place if Certainly. your goal is to become an internet personality and your way to get there is through animation mm. that's another story then yep. yes you should really care and you should do your research why is it working for some i'm going to and you know just like animation you start to reproduce classic animation and then eventually you have your own style and you can <coughs> you, you 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 find your own way so analyze what other you know, st- streamers or, you know, people that have like 20,000 followers uh, on Instagram, what are they doing? Kind of repeat a little bit the, the, the same thing and eventually start to improvise and you're g- going to get there. If your role is to become a better animator and improve your showreel, you should not be emotionally affected at all. Or no. I'd say your motivation, mm. motivation to work on this uh, personal piece should not be affected at yeah. all by if people care to give feedback yeah.
1: or not. I, I get that it may feel kind of crap because then you'll see other people post things and you're going to see all these people talking about it. And you're like, Whoa, wow, what the hell well, I'm, I'm over here. And doesn't, does nobody even see me? Um, honestly, all I can say about that is welcome to the circus, because I think that there are a lot of people paid a lot of money to try to figure out what goes viral and what doesn't. And honestly, every time they come up with a theory that changes because it gets blown out of the water because then there's some outlier that comes out and they they are famous for completely different reasons that, you know, it's it is frustrating to all of us. And um, if we knew, um, then, um, well, we would be living on a Caribbean island right now, probably David and I, that's for sure. So I think that it's it's just one it's just. All you can do is sort of look at the ones that are doing really well and ask yourself, okay, what are they doing differently? Um, But don't think, don't look only at that one post. Are they posting regularly? Like, are they building a brand? Do they have, like, how, how is their, 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 like, how, how, what are the, what's the language they use when they post things? Like, is it, is it jovial? Is it, what's the, you know, what's the con? Is there a theme to the content? Is it always with the same characters? Like, I think that these are the questions you have to ask yourself because it's not about the animation specifically. It's about a constellation of things um, yeah. that, that sort of has an impact on whether people are going to engage with the content or not.
2: Yeah. And and I think we can make a parallel with this fine gentleman that reminded us that tonight we had two viewers, inclu- including himself <laughs> on, on YouTube yeah. Live. Yeah. Uh, you know, if our goal was to become super famous streamers and, and, and all that maybe it would affect us but our goal mm-hmm. is to you know provide value to whoever yes. is interested yeah uh, that's a great way to content to create content content that we're going to then store on agra community <laughs> library and we're working on you know research tool that would mean that eventually someone is going to look for hey what does a what a junior should do in the workplace and then boom Nine different clips that we're discussing yeah. about that specific. So whether we have that would be great to have 500 people to uh, to listen to us live. But if we have 50, fine. It's better than than none. And yeah. anyway, the goal is is not we like the interaction. Yeah. It make it more dynamic for us. Yeah. But the end goal is really to create all of this content yeah. in a fun and interactive way. So since so since we are clear with our motivation. This doesn't really affect uh, us. So-
1: yeah, have the attitude of you're going to do it anyways. Yeah. Don't you don't need the sort of the recognition or the sort of the um, the, the, the the I don't know the tap on the the, the back or right? you know that this is not what it's for. It's about getting in the practice of just putting it out there anyways, and always trying to trend towards building that brand and always trying to trend towards improving. Every single time, you know, like yeah. having an attitude of not, you know, not be showing off, but instead have like a studious, like, this is me on my journey. And I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm putting myself out there. This a lot of the, the most popular YouTube channels started like that. They just yeah. was like, look, I'm just going to document this thing that I do. And people are going to watch. Maybe they won't. Who cares? I'm going to do it anyways.
2: And it's like a you diary. know what? What, what happened right now with Sergey that is asking you, yeah. I was about to say that, did you did your research of all the animation channel on Discord? Did you look mm-hmm. at all the different groups on Facebook? Did you, there's definitely a lot of people that would actually oh, yeah. do give a shit and Absolutely. be more than happy to uh, to comment on your animation and good. Mm-hmm. It seems that Sergey might, might be one that's going to, to do so, so that, that's great. Uh, if it's important for you, but not for the external recognition, but for the feedback that you could have, then spend some time to do your research and look at all, go follow those 300 groups, try them over time. You will see that, okay, actually it's those eight group that are the most successful and then Mm. move on with, with them.
1: Shameless plug, uh, I did see that Iona ironically just actually ordered a review, a review from uh, from me actually on Agora Community just I think today that rolled in. So like, you know, it's true. He does he does get feedback um, from Agora Community sometimes, but I would also suggest even the Agora Community Discord server. There's a actual uh, channel in there, which is designed for exactly this, for public feedback. You throw it in there, people that are hanging out there. I know you're not always going to have like people with lots of experience commenting on it. Some It's a bit of a mixed bag, um, but yeah, David said there's lots of great communities on facebook and on other discord servers that can also assist um it just you just have to put yourself out there and i happen to also know that iona is a an ex ianimate student which means that you would also have technically access to the uh the um alumni driven facebook page which is actually very active and they Mm -hmm. would be happy to have you post your work in there and i'm sure they're going to comment on it so you i don't know if you're in there already but you should be if you're not because like Mm -hmm. you were a student so get in there Okay, yeah. well, that's it. We're three minutes over. I guess we're uh, free to, to to disappear into the night. Um,
2: wow, that's, yeah. I'm that's I'm just scrolling see if there's other question in the chat, but I don't think, think so. I think uh, we did it. That's good. Yeah. Awesome. I know. Yeah. So soon, an hour is passing by so so fast.
1: It does so, disappear. So,
2: what are we doing, Brent? Next week It's going to be a surprise, right?
1: I think it's going to be a surprise. We do have a list. We'll just pull from one of the ones that are going to be probably the easiest ones to 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 manage. Um, So we'll figure it out. I think um, we'll just pick the one that we think is the. Let's just say that
2: in uh, between now and Christmas, we're probably going to alternate one Q and A, and the next Mm -hmm. week is going to be a special uh, special event. So
1: yep. Yeah. So you to keep you on your toes like last week. for So I know I see a lot of people have joined late in the stream. So last week was not a Q&A. Instead, it was a really fun play test where I played a game that's under development, uh, pa- like just a just a fun passion project at, at uh, Gore Studio uh, amongst uh, a few a handful of people. Um, There's actually one external person who uh, Daniel, what's his last name? What was for his last name? Daniel Gies. Yeah. This uh, just un- this, this phenom uh, artist that's just, he, it's, he's, it's, it's unreal. We got to get him on the stream at some point, but he, he's been oh, yeah. doing a lot of the art direction for it. And um, But anyways, long story short, really cool game. Very interesting concept. I was playing it with a couple of the devs. David was there. Uh, Andrew was there. Marco was supposed to be there and he bailed on us. I've just publicly yeah. shamed him. We'll have to tell him.
2: Actually, you just reminded him. I need to send in a a reminder to join our conversation with stream.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Petar, I see your question, but I think we're going to wrap things up. So keep that one, uh, keep that feather in your cap. Um, I I have not ever seen a physical fight at work, but like- Me neither. uh, Oh, there you go. That's what I've been been the
2: easiest. (laughs) The answer is no, we haven't. Yeah.
1: (laughs) There you go. Nope. Simple answer. Okay, well, we'll see you on the next one, David. Cheers, dude. Yep. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you got a lot out of it. Agora Community is a free resource for artists in the animation, visual effects and gaming industries, providing daily educational material, free rigs and assets. We also have a range of experts you can purchase affordable animation reviews from to help you level up your skills. You can check it all out at agora.community. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn for updates on upcoming conversations and free animation quick tips. So, until next time. Stay tuned and stay animated.